0: The time is now. Volume 5, Episode 98. This is Employment Law Now. I am Mike Schmidt, your host and the Vice Chair of the Labor and Employment Department here at Cozen O'Connor. It was Friday, May 28th, 2021, the Friday of Memorial Day weekend. It had been a long week. Heck, it had been a long 2021 so far. Heck, it had been a long 14 months. You were ready to shut down and enjoy a long holiday, Memorial Day weekend. The three Fs, family, friends, food. Ready to relax, Kick your feet up and not think about labor and employment law too much. And then, boom, the EEOC drops yet another bit of COVID-19 guidance right there in your laps Friday afternoon of Memorial Day weekend. Wow, just when you thought you were gonna have a weekend without it, here comes some more answers from another government agency to answer all your questions, or at least to try to answer your questions about vaccines. So today I'm going to give you the lowdown on what the EEOC just did. You'll remember back on December 16th, 2020, the EEOC came out with really its first guidance on mandatory vaccine policies. And explained that at least for purposes of the EEO laws under the EEOC's jurisdiction, employers could require that employees get vaccinated subject to the requirement that they accommodate employees if they have true disabilities or sincerely held religious beliefs that led them not to be able to get vaccinated there were still some unanswered questions from that december guidance and while we continue to be waiting here in the beginning first half of 2021 for osha to perhaps come out with an emergency temporary standard and while we all sit here watching how all of the states around the country deal with the cdc's latest mask update boom, the EEOC swoops in and gives us some more guidance. What a great way to spend a Memorial Day weekend, I tell you. This updated guidance from the EEOC that just came out on Friday involves updates to Section K of its prior guidance dealing with the issue of vaccinations. And if you have been keeping track, as I know you have, the EEOC has been updating over the past year and a half or so uh, its position on various COVID-19 related issues, and its guidance is organized by letter sections, depending on the particular issue. And in December, Section K was devoted to vaccinations. And now, this past Friday, May 28, 2021, the EEOC has offered answers to 21 new questions in five categories. And I'm going to summarize them for you on this episode. There are two interesting notes that I wanted to start with that come from this new EEOC guidance. You will also remember that uh, the FDA approved the current slate of vaccines under its emergency use authorization process, the EUA process. Well, for vaccines that are approved only under this EUA process, which while going through testing and some sort of an approval process to be able to be distributed and used, it's still a much shorter, less rigorous perhaps process than for drugs or other vaccines that go through the full FDA approval process. And under the FDA rules, for those vaccines that are approved only as an EUA vaccine, the recipient has to be told of his or her right to refuse to get vaccinated. So the question lingering out there has been, well, how does that, if it does, how does that trump an employer's desire to have a mandatory vaccine policy? The December guidance that the EEOC came out with mentions the FDA process and the EUA approval process and offers a link in that guidance to the FDA website, but not really taking a position on how the FDA rules requiring people to be told that they don't have to take an EUA-approved vaccine, how that trumps an employment policy. And so, those of us who have been giving advice over the past several months and talking about mandatory vaccine policies, we have been telling people and companies that it's a lingering issue out there. That, from the EEOC's perspective, they have essentially blessed mandatory vaccine policies with certain exceptions, but they're not taking a position on the interplay between EEO rules and these FDA rules. Well, It's interesting that this new guidance that just came out on Friday sort of touches again on that. I think the EEOC recognizes that employers and employment lawyers out there have been a little frustrated with the lack of guidance on what to do with that FDA set of regulations. And so in Friday's guidance, the EEOC noted specifically again and more clearly that it is beyond the EEOC's jurisdiction to discuss the legal implications of EUA or the FDA approach to vaccinations. Individuals who are seeking more information about the legal implications of the EUA process or the FDA approach to vaccines should visit the FDA's EUA page. And again, another link is provided. And then the EEOC says specifically that the EEOC's jurisdiction is limited to the federal EEO laws, period. So make no bones about it, the EEOC is still not offering any guidance or taking any position with regard to the FDA's rules as it relates to EUA vaccines and the ability of an employer to mandate COVID-19 vaccines. The EEOC is again making very clear that its guidance only addresses the rules dealing with uh, equal employment opportunity laws title seven the ada gina and it's not going into the business of speaking for the fda so that's still a question that will hopefully be answered at some point whether the fda will come out with guidance on it or, or whether we'll get some definitive answer Certainly, once these vaccines go past the EUA process and do ultimately get approval through the FDA's uh, actual full approval process, then this issue won't be an issue. But for now, for those of you out there who are considering potentially having a mandatory vaccine policy, I do still think that that is an issue, particularly in jurisdictions where you have wrongful discharge exceptions public policy exceptions to the normal at will doctrine in other words can an employee under the law in your jurisdiction say that the public policy as embodied by these fda rules states that a recipient must be told that he or she can refuse to take an eua vaccine does that public policy trump an employer's ability to terminate an individual for refusing to take an eua vaccine very interesting question still out there uh it's something that still should be on your minds the second interesting starting point with this new eeoc guidance from friday is that the eeoc has now made mention of the cdc mask um i don't know if you call it dilemma i don't know if you call it bombshell whatever it is it was The CDC coming out on a Thursday with uh, this new mask relaxed standard that most people didn't expect. But the EEOC in Friday's new guidance expressly notes that the CDC came out with this May 13th updated guidance on masks and simply says that the commission quote is considering the impact of the CDC guidance on the EEOC's COVID-19 technical assistance provided to date. So. This new guidance that came out this past Friday, Memorial Day weekend, doesn't really get into a lot about the CDC's mask uh, standard and masks generally, Um, but the EEOC is noting that it will probably come out with additional guidance on that issue in the future. So, what did the EEOC do just this past Friday? As I said, it answered 21 new questions in five different categories, uh, and let's go through them now for you. Category 1 was really an overview general set of questions, Questions numbers, uh, question numbers 1 through 4, and let's go through them in Section K of its guidance. Question 1. Under the ADA, Title VII, and other federal employment non-discrimination laws within the EEOC's jurisdiction, can an employer require all employees to be vaccinated for COVID-19 before they physically enter a workplace? And the EEOC has again confirmed that the answer is yes. The federal EEO laws do not prevent an employer from having a mandatory vaccine policy in order to physically come into a workplace subject to requirements that um, an employer accommodate employees with disability or religious issues. Now, notably, this question does not say can an employer require that employees be vaccinated in order to work? in order to remain employed, it phrases the question as whether a mandatory vaccine policy is okay for all employees to physically enter the workplace. The EEOC also added to its prior guidance by noting that as with any employment policy, employers that do have a mandatory vaccine policy may need to deal with allegations of of disparate impact. In other words, that their mandatory vaccine policy has a disparate impact on or disproportionately excludes certain groups of employees based on their protected status, whether race, color, national origin, or age. And the EEOC specifically notes that employers have to keep in mind that because some individuals or some demographic groups may face greater barriers to receiving a COVID-19 vaccination than other groups that some employees or demographic groups may be more likely to be negatively impacted by a mandatory vaccination policy. And so it's not just about a disparate treatment claim. In other words, it's not just about one individual saying that he or she was discriminated against or was not accommodated. But rather employers need to be aware that their mandatory vaccine policy could have a disparate impact on a larger group of employees a larger demographic group and that's something that you need to take into account as you would with any other employment related policy question two under this category one the eeoc gave some examples of potentially reasonable accommodations that an employer might have to provide to employees who are not able to get vaccinated because of a disability, because of a religious practice or belief, or because of pregnancy. And so the EEOC gives the following as examples. Requiring that an unvaccinated employee entering the workplace to wear a face mask, to engage in social distancing protocols from coworkers or visitors or vendors to perhaps modify the unvaccinated employee's shift, perhaps get periodic tests for COVID-19, maybe be given the opportunity to telework or perhaps accept a reassignment. And the EEOC specifically notes that employees who are not vaccinated because of pregnancy-related concerns they may also be entitled specifically to adjustments in order to be able to keep working as long as the employer makes modifications or exceptions for other employees again from a pregnancy standpoint it's about pregnancy discrimination you need to treat pregnant individuals the same as you do other individuals with your particular policy in this case a mandatory vaccine policy question three deals with encouragement and encouragement of vaccines for those companies that have not yet decided to mandate covid 19 vaccines the companies are trying to educate individuals are trying to encourage perhaps incentivize individuals to become vaccinated and we'll get to at the end of this episode, we'll get into a little bit more of the rules or the new rules about incentive programs. But for now, question three that the EEOC has answered is how can employers encourage employees and their family members to be vaccinated without violating the laws that the EEOC has jurisdiction over? And so the EEOC has now made clear on Friday that employers can educate employees and their family members about the benefits of vaccination and address other related common questions and concerns the EEOC also mentions and again i'll get into that in a few minutes that under certain circumstances employers can incentivize employees to receive vaccines question number four is information about an employee's COVID-19 vaccination status, confidential medical information. And the EEOC has again confirmed that, yes, it is. There is a confidentiality requirement so that if an employer is requiring documentation or some other confirmation of vaccine status, the ADA requires that those documents be maintained confidentially. So, again, the EEO laws do not prevent employers, in the first instance, from requiring proof of vaccination. But if you are going to be asking uh, for copies and then retaining copies of whatever proof you're getting, they need to be maintained confidentially and certainly in a separate file, separate from the employee's main personnel file. The second of five, new categories raised by Friday's EEOC guidance includes questions five through seven and address mandatory employer vaccine programs question five under the ADA can an employer require that an employee be vaccinated if they are entering the workplace even though the employer knows that some employers some employees, I should say, may not become vaccinated because of a disability-related condition. And again, as I said a few moments ago, the EEOC has said yes, provided that certain requirements are met. Under the ADA, employers are able to require employees generally to meet qualification standards that are job-related and consistent with business necessity. Specific to COVID-19, that is a safety-related standard requiring a COVID-19 vaccination that an employer may require all employees to meet. However, if an employee cannot meet a qualification standard such as a required COVID-19 vaccination because they have a particular disability, the employer has to accommodate that disability unless the employer can demonstrate that the individual would pose a direct threat to the health or safety of that employee or to others in the workplace. And we all know by now that the term direct threat is not only a term of art, but is a heavily litigated, very heavily defined term of art also that requires an employer to analyze different factors before ultimately concluding that a direct threat may exist the eeoc notes that there are two steps in that analysis first determining if there is a direct threat and then determining whether if so a reasonable accommodation can be provided that would reduce or eliminate the threat altogether and in the course of those determinations and assessments there are a whole host of factors that an employer must look at, the duration of the particular risk, its nature and severity, the likelihood that potential harm will occur, the imminence of the potential harm, uh, and other factors. If the assessment ultimately demonstrates that an employee raising a disability who is not vaccinated would in fact pose a direct threat to that employee or to others, then as I said, the employer has to consider whether providing a reasonable accommodation would reduce or eliminate that threat and look here is the takeaway everybody you all can go and read this guidance you don't have to sit there with pen in hand and paper while you're listening to me and make sure you jot all of these rules down the real takeaway is you cannot make a mandatory vaccine policy without taking into account and without potentially accommodating employees who have a disability that prevents them from getting vaccinated. You cannot be knee-jerk in that reaction and simply have a mandatory vaccine policy across the board without exception. Question six. If an employer requires COVID-19 vaccinations for employees physically entering the workplace, How should an employee who does not get a COVID-19 vaccination because of a disability inform the employer, and then what should the employer do? Well, again, the EEOC makes very clear that to request an accommodation, an employee does not have to specifically mention the ADA, does not have to use the phrase reasonable accommodation, but in their words or their acts, The employee with a disability has to let the employer know has to put the employer on notice that he or she needs some exemption from the requirement that the employer is imposing otherwise known as a reasonable accommodation and here too the EEOC makes a strong point when it says Quote, managers and supervisors responsible for communicating with employees about compliance with the employer's vaccination requirement should know how to recognize an accommodation request from an employee with a disability and know to whom to refer the request for full consideration. I say it all the time. It's not enough to just have your C-suite of executives or your in-house counsel or your HR professionals understand the do's and don'ts of these rules. Those on the front line, the supervisors, the managers who are interacting with your employees on a day to day basis, those are the individuals who need specific training, to whom you need to be communicating about your practices and protocols so that they know when they're dealing with an employee who is requesting some sort of work change, some sort of reasonable accommodation, they know what to handle themselves and then they know where to go to put this on someone else's plate who should be able to address these types of issues. Employers are also advised by the EEOC in this new guidance to consider all options, all individualized circumstances of the particular individual's role and request before ultimately denying a request for an accommodation. As the EEOC says, quote, the proportion of employees in the workplace who already are partially or fully vaccinated against COVID-19 and the extent of employee contact with non-employees who may be ineligible for a vaccination or whose vaccination status may be unknown can impact the ADA undue hardship consideration and it is also unlawful the EEOC has confirmed again for an employer to either disclose that an employee is receiving a reasonable accommodation or for the employer to retaliate against an employee for having requested an accommodation in the first place it's often from a practical standpoint a very difficult issue because lots of people work closely together in a given workplace and some people may look at their co-workers and say well he or she has benefit x or he or she is being accommodated in in a certain way why don't i get that benefit why don't i get that accommodation and it's difficult because again the employer is not able to disclose that this particular employee is receiving this particular reasonable accommodation obviously that would um be disclosing that the individual has a disability disclosing that this individual has confidential medical issues. So you want to stay away from that. So depending on the situation, uh, depending on the accommodation, you're going to need to come up with the appropriate messaging for any other employees who believe that, hey, you're not treating me fairly because someone else got an accommodation and I didn't and I don't know why. Question seven, if an employer does require employees to get a COVID-19 vaccine directly from that employer or its agent? Are there restrictions on what the employer can ask or what it can do as part of that vaccination process? It's a very important issue and one that was raised back in the EEOC's December guidance, making this distinction between vaccines that are administered by either an employer or its agent on the one hand, or, on the other hand, by some third party, a doctor, a pharmacy, someone else that is not the employer itself or is not an agent of the employer. So here in response to this question, the EEOC again reminds us that the ADA's restrictions on disability-related inquiries or disability-related examinations do apply to the screening questions that are required to be asked immediately prior to administering a vaccine. And so the problem exists if the vaccine is administered by that individual's employer or the employer's agent. The act of giving the vaccine itself is not a medical examination and thus does not trigger any ADA issues because simply giving the vaccine does not in and of itself seek or request information about the employee's physical or mental health. However, pre-vaccination screening questions are likely to elicit information about medical condition. And therefore, if the employer or its agent is the one giving the vaccine and therefore having to ask those pre-vaccine screening questions, The ADA requires that the requirement must be job related and consistent with business necessity. Therefore, the EEOC states in its new guidance, when an employer requires that employees be vaccinated by the employer itself or its agent, the employer should be aware that an employee may challenge the mandatory pre-vaccination inquiries and an employer would have to justify them under the ADA by showing, again, that they are job-related and consistent with business necessity. What does all this mean? Well, what this means is if your organization is going to have a mandatory vaccine policy, we still would recommend that the policy only require employees to get vaccinated from their own third party, from their own healthcare provider, physician, pharmacy, rather than require that the vaccine actually be administered on a mandatory basis from the employer itself or its agent. Because if the employer or its agent is not actually administering the vaccine, the ADA is not going to be triggered because the employer or its agent is not the one asking the pre-vaccine screening questions. And simply requiring proof of vaccination does not trigger any ADA issues. So, we now get to uh, some more voluntary employer vaccination programs. Again, that was Category 2 dealing with mandatory employer vaccination programs. Category 3 of the five new categories deal with voluntary employer vaccination programs. These are questions eight through 11 in the EEOC's new guidance this past Friday. Question eight. Under the ADA, are there circumstances in which an employer or its agent may ask disability related screening questions before administering a COVID-19 vaccine without having to satisfy the ADA's standard that it be job related and consistent with business necessity? The answer is yes. As I just said, that's where we distinguish vaccines that are administered by the employer or its agent versus vaccines that are administered by an unrelated third party. Also. If it is not being administered pursuant to a mandatory program, but is only a voluntary program offered by the employer, the ADA requirements are similarly not going to be triggered. So as the EEOC says in answer to question eight, if the employer offers to vaccinate its employees on a voluntary basis, meaning that employees can choose whether or not to get the COVID-19 vaccine from the employer or its agent, then in those cases, The employer does not have to show that the pre-vaccination screening questions are specifically job-related and consistent with business necessity before asking them of a particular individual. Again, the employee's decision to answer questions must be voluntary, and the offer to vaccinate employees, during which there will be these pre-screening questions, that also has to be voluntary. Corollary question, number nine, is it a disability-related inquiry for an employer to inquire about or request documentation simply that the employee was vaccinated if the vaccine was administered by a third party not related to the employer? Well, shout out the answer, and hopefully you said no if you've been listening for the past 10 minutes. Because again, as the EEOC confirms, when an employer asks employees simply whether they obtained a COVID-19 vaccine, that question is not a question that is likely to disclose the existence of a disability. Therefore, the EEOC reminds us that simply requesting documentation or other proof of vaccine by a third party, that in and of itself is not a disability-related inquiry that would trigger obligations Under the ADA. But again, here too, as I said before, if you are requesting proof or documentation of vaccine status and you are maintaining that proof, it has to be maintained separately and confidentially. Question 10 Can an employer offer voluntary vaccinations only to certain groups of employees? The EEOC answers that by stating again that employers are always required to comply with federal employment non-discrimination laws. And so it gives this example that not offering voluntary vaccinations to certain demographic groups, such as based on national origin or another protected class, that might not be permissible so if you are going to have a voluntary vaccination program and you are going to limit it to only being offered to certain groups of employees make sure that you are not having on its face or as an impact it be based on demographics and certain protected groups here's a big question that we've been asking And I'm glad the EEOC has now answered this question in Friday's guidance. Question 11, what should an employer do if an employee who is fully vaccinated for COVID-19 still requests accommodation for an underlying disability because that employee has a continuing concern that there is a heightened risk of severe illness from COVID-19 despite being vaccinated? THE EEOC RESPONDS TO THAT QUESTION BY STATING YOU STILL NEED TO GO THROUGH THE NORMAL ACCOMMODATION PROCESS. IN OTHER WORDS, EVEN IF SOMEBODY IS VACCINATED, THAT DOES NOT MEAN THAT THEY CAN'T POTENTIALLY REQUEST AND REQUIRE A REASONABLE ACCOMMODATION IF THEY STILL HAVE AN UNDERLYING DISABILITY THAT COULD POSE uh, A HEIGHTENED RISK OF SEVERE ILLNESS FROM COVID-19 EVEN IF THEY'RE ALREADY VACCINATED. So the employer is still required to engage in an interactive process to determine if there is a disability-related need for a reasonable accommodation. To be clear, we're not talking about generalized concerns or fears about leaving one's home, going into the workplace, about contracting COVID-19 generally. This still has to come down to whether the individual has a disability that supports the need for a reasonable accommodation. Category number four of five deals with Title VII issues specifically and COVID-19, and these are questions 12 through 13. Question number 12, for Title VII purposes, how should an employer respond to an employee who communicates that he or she is unable to get the vaccine because of a sincerely held religious belief. We've been talking for the past few minutes about questions addressing disability-related accommodations. Here again, the EEOC is providing further guidance on a religious-based accommodation issue. And as the EEOC says, once an employer is on notice, That there is a sincerely held religious belief, practice, or observance that is preventing the particular employee from becoming vaccinated, the employer has to provide a reasonable accommodation unless it would pose an undue hardship. Two important things that I want you to remember. One, as I said before, this notion of undue hardship is not just, well, it's gonna cost us a little bit more to do it, or it's gonna be a little bit more difficult to do it, or this individual hasn't been with the company for long enough, or this individual is not a great performer, so why do we need to accommodate him or her? That's not what the undue hardship analysis is. Secondly, while you're not 100% of the time required to accept an individual's stated religious belief, before you go down that trail of questioning the religious belief practice or observance, make sure that you are on solid footing before you start doing that. As the EEOC makes clear again in this new guidance the definition of religion is broad and it protects beliefs practices and observances with which the employer may be unfamiliar therefore the employer should ordinarily assume that an employee's request for religious accommodation is based on a sincerely held religious belief practice or observance so again in most cases you're not going to deal with this issue by questioning and asking follow-up questions about the belief, practice, or observance as a threshold matter. However, there may be situations where that is appropriate, and as the EEOC states in this guidance, if an employee requests a religious accommodation and an employer is aware of facts that provide an objective basis for questioning either the religious nature or the sincerity of the belief, practice, or observance, then the employer would be justified in requesting additional supporting information. Question 13, under Title 7, what should an employer do if an employee chooses not to receive a COVID-19 vaccination due to pregnancy? Well, if that is the reason that an employee is coming to you requesting some accommodation to a mandatory vaccine policy, It has to be that the employee is not being treated differently than other similarly situated non-pregnant individuals. That means, according to the EEOC, that a pregnant employee may be entitled to some accommodation like job modifications, perhaps telework, maybe changes to work schedules or assignments, and leave to the extent that Those kinds of modifications or accommodations are being provided for other employees who are similar in their ability or inability to work, but are not pregnant. Category number five, the last of our new categories being addressed in the EEOC's May 28th, brand spanking new COVID-19 guidance. This category deals with uh, GINA issues. GINA, G-I-N-A, and incentive programs. So many questions have been coming out over the past couple of months. Well, if we don't want to require vaccination, can we at least incentivize it? The EEOC has now answered some of these questions. And these are questions 14 through the end, through question 21 of Friday's new guidance. Remember, for those of you who are not as familiar with GINA Title II of GINA, as the EEOC points out, it prohibits employers from using an employee's genetic information to make employment decisions. It also prohibits employers from requesting, requiring, purchasing, accessing, or disclosing its employees' genetic information, and that includes information about an employee's family member. So against that backdrop, Question 14. Is Gina implicated if an employer requires that an employee receive a COVID 19 vaccine administered by the employer or its agent? And the EEOC has said no. Like the answer to the ADA related question before, simply administering, simply requiring a vaccine in and of itself does not implicate Gina because it does not involve the use of the employee's genetic information to make employment decisions, and it doesn't acquire, access, or disclose genetic information. However, and again, similar to the answer as it related to the ADA, if there are pre-vaccination medical screening questions that include questions about the employee's genetic information such as asking questions relating to the employee's family medical history that might trigger a GINA problem question 15 is GINA implicated when an employer requires employees to provide documentation or other proof that they received a vaccination from a third party Like the answer when it related to the ada here too the eeoc has said no an employer who requires proof of vaccine status does not trigger any gina obligations because documentation or other confirmation of vaccination would not reveal genetic information let's talk about incentive programs and incentive programs are dealt with under both ADA and GINA. So question number 16, under the ADA, can an employer offer an incentive to employees to voluntarily provide documentation or other confirmation that they received a vaccination? The answer to that is yes. If we've already said that simply requiring proof of vaccine status does not trigger ADA or GINA requirements, offering an incentive to voluntarily provide proof of vaccine status, similarly, is not a disability-related inquiry covered by the ADA, and therefore, an employer is able to offer incentives to employees to voluntarily provide documentation or other proof that they received a vaccine question 17 under the ada can an employer offer an incentive to employees to voluntarily get a vaccine that is administered by the employer or its agent here is a qualified yes so the eeoc says yes you can you can offer an incentive for the employees to voluntarily receive an administer a vaccination that is administered by the employer or its agent if the incentive is quote not so substantial as to be coercive end quote as the eeoc points out in this new guidance because vaccinations require employees to answer pre-vaccination screening questions and because the employer or its agent who would be administering the vaccine in this circumstance would have to be the one asking the pre screening questions, the EEOC believes that a very large incentive could make employees feel pressured to disclose protected medical information to the employer or its agent, even though it is technically a voluntary vaccine policy. What does that mean? That's the million dollar question. What does it mean to be not so substantial as to be coercive? We're probably talking about things like a free water bottle or, you know, some some free item that you're giving out. Maybe you're going to give a $50 or $75 gift card. Maybe you're going to allow for a couple of hours added to the individual's PTO bank. The EEOC is not giving us an exhaustive list of things that would be deemed coercive and would not be deemed coercive it's going to be very fact sensitive the takeaway though is even in a voluntary vaccine program for you to offer incentives to the employee to get vaccinated if that program is being administered by the employer or its agent the incentive cannot be so substantial as to be coercive Now we go to question 18 through 21. This deals with the employer incentive programs under GINA. So question 18, under GINA, can an employer offer an incentive to employees to provide documentation or other confirmation that either the employee or the employee's family member has received a vaccination from a third party? The answer to that question is yes. Under GINA, an employer can offer an incentive to employees to provide documentation or confirmation of vaccine status from a third party that those employees or their family members have been vaccinated because the fact that someone received a vaccination is not information disclosing the manifestation of a disease or a disorder in a family member it's not otherwise providing family medical history nor is it any other form of genetic information in other words just the mere fact that you got a vaccine it is not providing any genetic information that is okay and not triggering gina obligations if The vaccine was administered by a third party not related or not affiliated with an employer or its agent question 19 under gina may an employer offer an incentive to employees in exchange for the employee getting vaccinated by the employer or its agent the answer is yes again similar to prior questions the mere giving the vaccine does not trigger ADA or GINA rules under GINA the EEOC reminds us as long as the employer is not acquiring genetic information while administering the vaccines employers may offer incentives to employees to become vaccinated without running afoul of GINA and in fact the EEOC points out that the required pre-vaccination screening questions for the currently available and approved three COVID-19 vaccines, because those do not inquire about genetic information, again, GINA is not triggered simply by requiring and offering incentives uh, for employees to get vaccinated. What about Family members under Gina? What about incentives for family members? Well, question 20 asks May an employer offer an incentive to an employee in return for the employee's family member getting vaccinated by the employer or its agent? Again, when we were talking about offering an incentive to the employee in return for the employee getting vaccinated, that was okay under the circumstances discussed. Here, we're asking whether an employer who is administering the vaccine, can that employer offer an incentive to the employee for that employee's family member to get vaccinated, and the EEOC says no. An employer may not offer any incentives to an employee in exchange for the family member to be vaccinated if the vaccine is being administered by the employer or its agent. The reason, quote, providing such an incentive to an employee because a family member was vaccinated by the employer or its agent would require the vaccinator to ask the family member the pre-vaccination medical screening questions, which include medical questions about the family member. Asking these medical questions would lead to the employer's receipt of genetic information in the form of family medical history of the employee in other words there is a difference on the one hand asking uh, questions of the employee that do not trigger anything about the employee's family medical history when the employee himself or herself is getting vaccinated there's a difference between that and on the other hand asking those pre-vaccination screening questions of the employee's family member because by definition asking questions of the family member which will elicit certain medical related information is by definition getting information about the employee's family medical history so the answer to that question is no The employer cannot offer an incentive to an employee in return for having the employee's family member get vaccinated when the vaccine is being administered by the employer or its agent. On the other hand, and this is the 21st and final question in the EEOC's new update can an employer offer an employee's family member an opportunity to be vaccinated without offering the employee an incentive? The answer to that question is yes there is no problem under gina with an employer offering vaccinations to an employee's family member as long as it takes certain steps to comply with gina you can't for example penalize employees if their family members decide not to get vaccinated you also need to ensure that any and all medical information obtained from family members during the screening process is only used for purposes of providing the vaccination and that it's kept confidential and not disclosed to any managers, supervisors, or other people who may be making employment decisions for the employees. So there you have it, five categories, 21 questions. The EEOC has updated its COVID-19 guidance specifically as it relates to vaccination policies and issues as of May 28, 2021. This is not gonna be the last we hear from the EEOC. It's certainly not gonna be the last that we hear from government agencies and officials generally when it comes to all things COVID-19 related and hey, That's why we're here at Employment Law Now, to break it all down for you when it comes out. As always, I can't tell you how much I appreciate all of the listens, all of the great feedback and emails and messages that I get. Thank you, as always, for listening to this podcast episode together with the others. And until the next time, I hope all of your labor is productive.